First pitch swinging. Christian Yelich out to deep right center field. Back Castellanos. It is 3-0 Milwaukee. Can't do that with a bunt. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Never miss a Friday show. Um, weeks ago, we are in a pretty good rhythm of every Friday, we, you know, do a little fake Tonight Show open. It's fun, you know, tell some jokes, make fun of Brookfield, you know, things like that. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, and I haven't done it in a couple weeks just because, well, a million different reasons. I'm trying to figure out how to do Bill's show and do my show and, you know, budget my time and this and that. Uh, I'm also in a new studio. There's a little bit of technicality behind, you know, all of the the sound effects and all the things. So I'm trying to figure out how to best set it up. My goal is next Friday we'll be back to the uh, tonight show. Fun Friday open, but also the writer strike is going on. Maybe maybe I'm not comfortable. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not comfortable doing a cold open like Jimmy Fallon, like Colbert. If Colbert and Fallon can't even do it because there's a writer's strike going on, maybe it would be inappropriate. I don't know. I should contact my representation. I, I, I have no representation. When I joke about anyone else being involved in this show, trust me, there, there might not even be anyone else in this building right now, let alone in this, in this studio. There is never anyone else involved. Uh, so I always like to say, well, I'll put the research department on it. I'll talk to our technical support. I'll talk to our, our producer. I'll call our call screener. There ain't nobody here. There's, it's just me. But next Friday, my goal is to have some of the techie things set up just perfectly. These last two weeks of it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. So thank you for bearing with me. We'll get back to telling some jokes next Friday. That is the spirit of never missing a Friday show. After all, my name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I hope you're having an awesome Friday. Your weekend is off to a good start. We certainly have some positive, uplifting, exciting things to discuss with our Milwaukee Brewers, and we'll do that tonight. I want to talk a little bit about the Packers. There might not be another Wisconsin sports show that's talked less Packers this summer. And and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I'm sure some people would like more NFL talk, like more Packer talk, and I'm sure some people are content to talk Brewers for two hours every day. I could talk Brewers for two hours every night. I enjoy it. I like being a degenerate about the Brewers and going all in and treating each and every one of these games like they're the end of the world and looking for these little minute details. Oh, my God, did you see this one thing Wilson Contreras did? Let's talk about it for two straight hours. I like that. I understand that might not be everyone's bag. Probably we'll start to work in some Packers discussions and some Packers topics and guests over the next couple weeks because we're so close to training camp. We're getting to the point in the summer where should probably start talking about the Packers, but I don't know if there's another show in Wisconsin that talks less Green Bay Packers than this one, which I don't think is a selling point. Typically, when you hear promos or liners for a show, it's like, nobody talks more Packers than this guy. I, I don't know if I can make... Nobody talks less Packers than Grant Bills. If you want to hear two hours on Colin Ray, the Wisco Sports Show is for you. I don't know if that is the selling point that it that it's sounding like in a promo. Like if you use the big voice guy and you put it to music, I guess it'll sound like a promo, but I don't know if that's a selling point. 
Do you care about Jesse Winker's reverse splits? Then this is the show for you. The Wisco Sports Show. No one talks less Green Bay Packers. We'll talk a little Packers. I want to even talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. And, and something specifically he said yesterday. Not because I want to break down everything that Aaron Rodgers says and does. But it's a pretty quiet time of the year for the NFL. And I like talking football. There's just not a lot going on. There's one thing that Rodgers said yesterday that I actually found interesting and I think is worth talking about. So I'd like to do that in the second hour of the show. 608-321-1670. If you'd like to call the show, I would love to have you. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. If you want to tweet back and forth during the show or anytime, send me a DM, whatever. If you want to get involved with the show, that's another way you can do it. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. The Brewers are 11 and four in the month of July. It's the best in baseball. Boston is right behind them. Baltimore is having a great month as well. Baltimore is 11 and five in the month of July. The Brewers and the Orioles are the only two teams with 11 wins. The Brewers just have one less loss because they had a bye game or a bye day. Bye, bye. They had an off day, an off day. Why am I speaking in football terms? They had an off day Monday. Um, they've had some off days kind of in and around the all-star break, which means they've played a game or two less than a lot of teams. But Milwaukee's best in baseball Win-loss speaking in the month of July. Boston right behind him. Baltimore right behind him. San Diego actually playing okay baseball, but it might be too little too late. St. Louis is 11-6 and this month. Uh, I know it's too little too late for them, but for context within the division, the Reds are 8-8. The Pirates are 3-12. Cubs are 7-9 in the month of July. This is from Dominic Catronio last night. Brewers Radio Network, Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Ellie De La Cruz of the Cincinnati Reds is one of 24 since the second half of the season started. And like with Christian Yelich in 2018 or like Ryan Braun in, in 2011 or other years, a lot of times, especially smaller market teams that don't have stacked rosters, they go as far as their best player goes. And if Ellie De La Cruz is going to be in a massive slump and he's not going to be the electric hit machine and home run machine that he was in the month of June, well, then the Reds just aren't going to win very many games. That's why they're 8-8 eight and eight this month. The Reds have cooled off, and the Brewers are playing really, really well. But are the Brewers hot? Do we think the Brewers are hot? 11-4 and four in July is very good. And technically, I suppose, the technical definition of hot is winning a lot of games and losing not very many games. So technically, if we're going dictionary definition, the Brewers are hot. Spiritually... I'm not sure that I'd say they're hot. I don't love that word. I don't love using that word with this Brewers team. Now, if the Packers this fall are to win four or five games in a row, I'd say the Packers are hot. Or if the Bucks are going to win 12 in a row, I'd say the, I'd say the Bucks are hot. The Packers or, uh, or excuse me, the Brewers in 2018 or the Brewers in 2021 or the Brewers in 2011. Okay, I could say those teams are hot. I don't know that I'd say this Brewers team is hot right now because I don't think this is a team that gets hot this isn't a streaky hot and cold on and off kind of team 2011 the Brewers lived and died by hitting a ton of home runs and when they were hitting a lot of home runs they looked unbeatable team would get so scalding hot they would ascend they'd launch into the atmosphere you couldn't touch them 1987 another team streak they started the year with 13 straight wins and then a month later they lost 12 straight games, very streaky, very up and down, very combustible, very, very combustible. That's another good word to use. The Reds are a streaky 
team that gets hot. The Reds are a team. They had 12 wins in a row in the middle of June. 12 in a row. And every other day when I went on Twitter or Instagram or when I watched SportsCenter or GetUp, it's like, well, did you see what Ellie De La Cruz did? Did you see what Joey Votto did? It was some splash play every other day. You know, Ellie De La Cruz throwing 99 miles an hour across the diamond or stealing multiple bases in one inning. Just ridiculous, right? And the Pirates as well. Earlier in the year, they were a hot streaky kind of team that made crazy highlight plays. You'd see them on Twitter, see them on Instagram, see them on ESPN when you turned it on. Let me ask you this for context. What's the flashiest, most memorable highlight from this Brewers season so far? Can you think of one? I can't think of one. Some crazy defensive play or some crazy inning in which the Brewer, they got a single and then a double and then they got a double steal and it was just madness. No, it's kind of a nine to five punch a time card, ham and eggs type of baseball team. They're not a streaky, flashy team. And that's okay because you can be a nine to five punch a time card, you know, eggs and potatoes type of ham or type of ham type of team. I said this yesterday, the Brewers are a slow cooker type of team. Low and slow, never going to get too hot, never going to get too cold, never really going to spoil. The Reds are a deep fryer team, very, very different. A deep fryer, hot, and you come out of the fryer, oh, by God, there's nothing better than deep fried food fresh out of the fryer. And a funnel cake, oh, you ever had a funnel cake right out of the fryer? It's the time of year where we're going to the fair. Oh, funnel cake, little powdered sugar or cinnamon and sugar right out of the fryer. You can't beat that. There's not a tastier, more delicious way to cook food. Or if you go get a fish fry, big walleye filet, side of waffle fries right out of the fryer. I'm hungry. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. But if you try to reheat those leftovers the next day, mm -mm, you, you can't recreate it. It won't be the same. You can't reheat a funnel cake or a piece of fried fish or a plate of French fries. It's not going to be the same. Brewers are a slow cooker team. They're a nice pot roast or a stew. You can reheat a stew. Some might even say that a stew is better reheated once or twice. A bowl of chili. You warm up a bowl of chili the next day, I think it might even be better. Or lasagna. I know you don't make lasagna in a slow cooker. You make it in the oven, but lasagna, also a meal, is very good the next day, the day after when you reheat it. That's the Brewers. Right? Low, slow, just win a series, win a series, win a series, just win a couple more games than you lose, low and slow, never getting too hot, never getting too cold. And over a five, six-month season, the slow cooker team is going to beat the deep fryer team. It's like the tortoise and the hare. Look at it that way. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello? Hello? Are you there? Are you there? All right. I figured you'd have something important to say. We're only 10 minutes into the show if you're calling in. Anytime someone calls in the first couple of minutes, I just assume that it's something really important. Like, what's so important you couldn't wait until the second or the third segment? Maybe you wanted to talk about slow cooker recipes. My favorite slow cooker meal is just a bunch of veggies. I had a, a vegan friend in high school. Made some really good food because vegan food has to be good. Like, you can have a crummy hamburger, and it's like, oh, this is good, good dinner. No complaints. You can't make crummy vegan food. You, can, it has to, you have to go over the top to make it delicious. It was like chickpeas, peppers, tomatoes, carrots. Is there an onion in it? 
you should always put an onion in a stew, even if the recipe doesn't call for it. And then you let that boil down with some veggie broth, a little turmeric, a little cayenne pepper. You let that all simmer all day. You let it boil down to a nice thick stew. And then you pour that over rice. Oh, oh, that's the thing about vegetarians and vegans. They have to make good food. They can't make crummy food. Otherwise, it will be inedible food. If you overcook chicken a little bit, eh, it's still chicken. Chicken's awesome. Right? If you overcook veggies or you under-season veggies, well, now you're just, you're just eating, it tastes like chalk. And I like veggies, but in order for the veggies to be the whole meal, you really got to go all out. And a slow cooker is good for that because you can let it mellow hour after hour after hour. And I think that's what the brewers have been doing this year, too. They're low and slow and patient. Never overreacting, maybe underreacting. The Brewers have maybe underreacted to things at times this year. Like, oh, we're no, we're giving Jesse Winker every chance to get it going. Okay, well, it's July 21st, but I guess this long, what's another week of giving him some cracks at DH? I guess, why not? I would rather have the team that underreacts than the team that overreacts. Brewers are not an overreact team, right? They're low and slow and patient. That's the Brewers. Now, even slow cooker teams like the Brewers are going to have good and bad stretches. Don't get me wrong. right? It's going to look a little bit less volatile. If you were to map out on a line graph visually the ups and downs of the Reds versus the ups and downs of the Brewers, it's going to look a little different. The Reds' peaks are much higher. Now, their valleys are much lower. The Brewers, they have ups and downs too. Don't get me wrong. Their highs just aren't as high, but their lows, most importantly, aren't as low. The Brewers can split a series against the Cubs. All right. If that's as bad as things get, doing pretty good. If they win only one of the next three games against the Braves, all right, that's pretty good. They're not going on slides, losing five of six or six of seven or seven of eight. Now, maybe they're not winning 10 games in a row either, but that's fine. This isn't the type of division. The NL Central isn't a stacked division that necessitates you get super hot and you win 10 games in a row in order to win the division. That's just not the reality in which... The Brewers play, but the Brewers, like every other team, they have ups and downs. One of my favorite expressions, it's infinitely applicable to so many things. One of my favorite expressions is, you got to make hay while the sun shines. Got to make hay while the sun is shining, right? The Brewers need to make hay while the sun shines. In that when they feel like they're playing their best baseball, again, I don't really like saying that they're hot. I just think they're playing really, really well right now. They need to extend this stretch as long as possible. When they're getting great performances from Christian Yelich, they're getting really good starts for Corbin Burns, got to make hay while the sun shines. You got to get greedy and stack as many wins right now as possible. Uh, Hunter Baumgart, friend of show, he works for a competing show now. I guess he used to be friend of show. He works at the game now. He's on their afternoon show. He's on air right now. But he tweeted this last night. Corbin Burns since he was told he's not being traded to New York by Matt Arnold. He's made four starts since Matt Arnold said, Corbin, we're not trading you. Against the Pirates, seven innings pitched, two earned runs. Cincinnati, six innings pitched, three earned runs. Cincinnati, six innings pitched, zero earned runs. And at Philly, in the rubber game of a series, this is yesterday, eight innings pitched, zero earned runs. All in all, 27 innings pitched, five earned runs and the four starts leading into that 24 innings pitched 14 earned runs i'm not saying that corbin burns got a little kiss on the forehead from matt arnold and that's what make that's what making pitch better i don't know why i can't speak today that's not what's necessarily making him pitch better 
you can believe why or why not he's pitching well, but he is pitching well. And while he's pitching like this, the Brewers need to win as many games as possible. Need to make hay while the sun shines. Same with Christian Yelich. The performances, the statistics, and and the at-bats they're getting from Christian Yelich right now, got to take advantage. Because in two weeks, Christian Yelich might not be pitching like this. Pitching. He might not be hitting like this. Corbin Burns might not be pitching like this in two weeks. Right? You can talk about both of these guys. Now you hope in two weeks that if Yelich starts to cool off, Willie Adamas gets it going. Or Owen Miller really gets it going again. And if Corbin Burns starts to cool off, well, then you hope, oh, Brandon Woodruff comes back. Or Wade Miley comes back. Right? Or Colin, I don't even know what to do with Colin Ray. But right now, things are going really well for the Brewers. They look as streamlined and as effective and as efficient as they have at any point in the season. And they got to stack as many wins as possible, even if they're playing against a really tough Braves team this weekend. 608-321-1670. Give me a call. Give me a tweet at Wisco Grant. We'll talk more Brewers baseball. NFL Packers Aaron Rodgers coming up later on in the show. Should be a fun change of pace because we've been talking so much about the Brewers. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Talking NFL offensive line rankings. Really interesting article put out the athletics. No, are you kidding me? We're talking about the Brewers. I can't quit the Brewers. We'll talk about the Packers soon enough. I was saying when we started at 4 o'clock, no one talks less Packers football than me on this show. And I love the Packers. I can't wait for football season to get here. But for the last month or so, it's like, I got nothing else to say about Jordan Love. Got nothing else to say about Matt LaFleur. We'll get answers when we get into training camp. And we'll talk with Mike Clemens. And we'll do the whole shtick with Packers football that we always do, and it'll be fun, but... Until we get then, or until we get there, I'm having a very good time talking about the Brewers, especially right now because they're playing so well. I don't know if I love saying they're hot. I don't know if that's a word that really jives with this Brewers team. They're not a team like the Reds. They're not a team like the Pirates that when they're they're winning, they get red hot and they make these unbelievable, blinding, flashy plays. That's not really who this Brewers team is. They're a low and slow, slow cooker type team. And I think that's why slowly over the course of the next couple months, they're just going to slowly bleed out the Reds and everyone else in this division. They're, they're just going to maintain tortoise in the hair style. They are the tortoise. The Reds are the hair. And I think we're going to continue to see that play out next couple of months. Let's talk to DW in New Glarus. 608-321-1670. DW, what's up? Hey, Grant. I really like that. Take your opinion on uh, Cor- Corbin Burns. You know, ever since uh, the GM told him he wasn't getting traded, he's been pitching light out. Yeah. Um, unfortunate problem is he's pitching for his next contract, and I don't think the Brewers are going to be able to afford him. Um, but, you know, either gonna, you're either going to keep Woodward, Woodford, Woodward or, or Burns, and I think Woodward is a gamble, too, because he's been hurt the last couple of years, and now he's got that uh, something going on with his shoulder, and that's not a good sign. So, I mean, do you throw all your money in the basket or do you try I mean his contract both their contracts are up at the end of the year so I mean what do you get if if they uh you get like first round draft picks or something like that or no they'd trade him for prospects I think 
I think Burns and Woodruff are on the same timeline. I know Burns has this year and then this offseason arbitration and the next year, and then he's a free agent. I'm 90% sure on that, and I will double-check at some point. And I think Woodruff is the same. I don't know that I would sign either to a long-term contract. I don't think they were going to be able to afford Burns at any point. Like, I, I, he's pitching really well right now, and Brewers fans are like, well, this means they can't afford him. I don't think they were ever going to be able to afford him. I think Corbin Burns could have had an awful year this year, and it still would have been really difficult for the Brewers to pay him the type of money he was worth. I don't well, like the I Brewers agree. tying their money up into either one of these guys. It's just not a good investment. No, I agree with you, but, you know, some of these guys on the free agent market, like, uh, you know, Verlander and uh, uh, the guy that's hurt out of Texas, I mean, they got big-time deals, and they're 35, 38, 40 years old. Right. I mean, I think I think – one of these teams is going to throw huge money at Burns, and you're probably looking at 25, 30, 35 million a year. There's no way the Brewers could afford that. And the only way, um, let's say the Brewers could scrounge up every penny possible to pay that. The only way that that contract is worth it for the Brewers and works out, and the only way they get their money back is if he is elite from here until the end of that contract and we watch enough baseball dw players don't work like that they're up and down and they have injuries and they have good years and bad years one year of the brewers paying corbin burns big money when he when he doesn't give them big results they're screwed right they're not a team that can afford to pay a bunch of money and not see a return well i'm finally glad yelich is starting to hit the ball again i mean it's fun isn't it i mean two years ago you couldn't you couldn't trade him for a bag of balls, and now he's got at least some value. I mean, he's not in the big power numbers, but, you know, if he hits 20 home runs and bats close to 300 and gets around 100 RBIs, I think it's worth it. I mean, especially with all these young this young talent coming up. I mean, I think uh, Weimer, I'm going to the game Saturday with our, our workout, and we're in the north, uh, Northwestern Neutral Ooh, private box. You nice. Know? And... Uh, I'm looking forward to watching these young kids play. I really think uh, Mitchell, when he comes back healthy next year, I think he's, I think Mitchell Weimer and uh, I don't know who the third outfielder is, but I think Yelich is going to probably be either going to first base or oh. DHing. Yelich is having his Yelich is having his best defensive season of his career, I think, or his best in a long time. He's been really good this year. I know he is. But you got them three in the outfield, but. What do you do with Rowdy Telez? I mean, does the Brewers try to swing a deal for a DH or some more power or a, a better hitter in the lineup? Because you got Winker sitting there at a, under 200. I mean, Rowdy Telez is injured, but he's only had 12 dingers and he's hitting like 220. Not even hitting his weight. I think. I mean, probably what they do is trade for a bat that is versatile. They could they could play him in the outfield or use him as a DH. And wait for Rowdy Telez to get back. I I think Rowdy Telez is their best bet. Betting that Rowdy Telez comes back and gets back to a point where he at least gives them competitive at-bats and doesn't strike out and doesn't look lost, I think that's what they're going to bank on, DW. Look, I got to get to a couple other Brewers callers, DW. I'm sorry to let you go. Have fun at the game on Saturday. Don't tell Vagabond John you're sitting in a box because he's a little bit of a a Robin Hood common man communist with the seating. Don't tell him you're sitting behind home plate or in a box. Otherwise, he's going to chastise you. All right, catch you later, Grant. Yeah, have a good weekend, DW. Sorry to be in a rush. I just got a couple Brewers callers. I want to make sure we get everyone in. Brett in Tosa to talk about the Brewers and the good month that they're having. Brett, what's going on? Welcome. 
It was like a big deal calling into the Wisco Sports Show on a Friday, Grant. Well, we never miss a Friday show. These Friday calls, they're extra special. And then, and then this weekend, you got the, the 2023 NLCS, NLCS preview. Best oh, there's the a take. Versus the, versus the best team in baseball in July. And the Orlando Arcia return, his comeback. Yeah, that too. I, I'm not an RCA fan like <laughs> you are, to your level, but yeah. that is true. All-star Orlando RCA back in Milwaukee. Oh, my God, that too. Well, what do you think? It was a really fun series to watch against the Phillies. This team is really fun to watch right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we've been talking about it. What We've all been on Christian Yelich, Corbin Burns um, all year long. They haven't been doing their part, but, I mean, those – I agree with you. This I wouldn't call this team hot. It's really, it's really Yelich, Burns, Peralta, and then a bunch of nobodies. And um, if if guys can just get back to their norm on the offensive side of baseball, um, there's there's a lot they can improve in a lot of different areas. Right. What do you think? Give me one or two things. Fast forward two or three weeks. You think maybe will improve for the Brewers or little tweaks that you would make or in, in little ways that they could get better around, you know, William Contreras and Christian Yelich and Corbin Burns. I would say, number one, I'm, I'm not a fan of bringing Keston up just because I don't want to lose him. I like Keston, but I don't think they could find a better person on the, on the trade deadline market. So I guess number one would be come August 3rd, by the time you trade for someone, give them a day or two to report. Jesse Winker cannot be on this team on August third. I mean, you can't you can't keep trotting out. You can do it for the next ten days, but you can't keep trotting out Winker in the four hole um, into August if you're serious about winning. Yeah, yeah, I would very much tend to agree. I know some Brewers fans are open-minded to Keston Hira playing first. I have no interest in that. I have zero interest in that. Christian Yelich, by the way, preaching to the choir after the game yesterday, saying the only reason we're winning games like this is because of our pitching and our defense. And Owen Miller might not be an elite first baseman, but he's gotten better since he's been playing there regularly, and I know he's better than Keston Hira. And this Brewers team can't afford to have a first baseman that's missing balls and kicking grounders all over the place. Their, their margin for error is too thin to have Keston Hira playing first base. Completely agree, Grant. The defense part of it is not – I'm not a huge fan of war. I, I think it takes defense into account too much. But I think we've seen a, a firsthand example of what defense can do to a team this year. I mean, when we sent Bryce Terang down for whatever that was, a month, um, and we have – you know, we, there, was a, there was a couple week period where our defense did not – it struggled a little bit. And you saw that. You saw that on – in the wins and loss column, and um, it, you're, you're fine with trotting out two 200 hitters in Weimer and Terang yes. if they play that good of defense. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So the other thing I would say is, I mean, obviously they need to improve right field, but the biggest thing is is Willie Adamas or Rowdy Tellez. You're not going to find, we, you've talked about it, you're right, you're not going to find a better first baseman out there on the market right now than Rowdy. And you gotta you got to get him back. I know that probably not going to be till September by the time he gets back and gets going. But Willie Adamas and Rowdy, I mean, for them to make a run, one at least one of those guys need to get going. Adamas looked like he had something right before the All-Star break. He, he, I felt better about him going up to the plate, and I felt confident in him. And it's not that I don't feel the same way this week, but, you know, we take a couple of days off, and it, and it seems like 
Willie Adamas maybe regressed a little bit to, to where he was before that all-star break. I was hoping he'd continue that. Yeah, I, I thought, I agree with you. I thought he was back, and now he's kind of in a little bit of a slump again. But um, I, I think he'll figure it out. I'm, I'm not as, as worried about him. And I'm looking forward to this series this weekend. I mean, this is, it. it's too early to, I'm not, if you, too, if you lose two out of three, it, it's nothing to worry about, but it, it's going to be a good test. I mean, Freddie Peralta's been pitching better. You're going against the best offense in the league, so it'll be a good test. I'll leave you with this, Grant. Um Keith Law's prospect rankings came out today, and Jefferson Cuero is number 11 in baseball. For the Brewers to have two top 11 prospects in the whole whole major leagues is is truly incredible. And I think we all thought that the Mitchell, uh, Freelich, Weimer, Terang wave was the big wave of prospects coming up, right? The freshman, the Brewers call it. Yeah. This next wave is way more impactful than what just came up. I mean, Cheerio, Cuero... Cheerio's 19, Cuero's 20, Tyler Black is dominating, and then Mizorowski. I mean, the Brewers never move prospects like they're doing Mizorowski, and people are saying he's the best pitching prospect in baseball. So hats off to the Brewers' front office for um, kind of just revamping that farm system from one of the worst in baseball to maybe top five, all while they're winning baseball games. You going to any games this weekend? Going to be at the park? Not this weekend. We're we're actually headed over to your side of the state, going to the Dells, but we'll be there Tuesday for a big Reds matchup. Hell yeah. Enjoy the weekend, Brett. I appreciate your call, always. All right. Thanks, Grant. Brett Intosa, one of our great Brewers callers. We agree on a lot of things. Uh, I didn't mean to just echo what Brett was saying, and I'm sure Brett didn't just mean to echo what I was saying, but I think we agree on a lot of things. Rowdy Telez at first, I think, is this team's most reasonable, realistic shot. Put it this way, if the Brewers needed a first baseman and they were going to try to trade for one before the deadline, what kind of player would they trade for? What kind of player could they trade for? Because they're not trading for a Paul Goldschmidt, even if a Paul Goldschmidt type, you know, just one example, was available. Those guys are almost never available. So the Brewers are going to have to get creative. All right, we're going to have to find a guy that is underappreciated in his current situation. Uh, We're going to have to find a guy who's pretty good defensively and isn't going to be a liability and really be a uh, a wrench in the wheel because this team again they rely on their defense and adding a terrible defensive first baseman is not what they want so someone who's good defensively big a natural first baseman who can fit defensively and someone who's underappreciated in his home uh oh wait that was Rowdy Teles when they acquired him when they when they acquired him from Toronto that's that's what Rowdy Teles was so they would try to trade for Rowdy Telez if Rowdy Telez wasn't almost already on the team. I know right now he's hurt, so almost on the team, but he'll be back on the team before too long. I think the Brewers are going to continue to ride with him because I don't think they have a better bet. It might not be a great bet, but I don't know if they have a better bet. So they're going to stick with Rowdy. Let's take a five-minute break, come back, talk more Brewers next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate the call from DW in New Glarus. And Brett and Tosa, who's Wisconsin Dells bound. Cheers, Brett, to a wet and wild weekend in the water park capital of the world. I will be in lacrosse on Sunday. 
So we have WKTY night at the Lumberyard. Yes, our lacrosse affiliate. Going to go take in a loggers game. I am very excited. Uh, and I will drive to lacrosse any day of the week. I mean, Sunday's most convenient. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, would, I would most prefer to do it on a Sunday. Driving to lacrosse on a work day, you know, logistically speaking. But super excited to be there Sunday night at the Lumberyard, Copeland Park. Brett, maybe I'll stop in the Dells Sunday morning. Maybe we can go hit a water slide together or something. DW, go into the game. Don't let Vagabond John know if you are sitting anywhere behind home plate because Vagabond John, uh, I got to say, I saw him on Twitter going back and forth with Brett. Vagabond John, you're a little bit of a seat shamer. You're a little bit of a seat shamer. And that's okay. Just own up to it. It's fine. You sit in the outfield. You sit in the bleachers. And you look down on those who sit in better seats. That's fine. Just admit it. You're a seat shamer. Sounds like a Larry David thing. Seat shamer. Well, of course, you guys could get hot dogs. I couldn't get a hot dog. Vagabond John not being able to get a hot dog at the Brewer game. I feel like Vagabond John was selling that a little bit. I feel like you could have found a hot dog, Vagabond John. But you were frustrated, so you started seat shaming. And that's fine. That's fine. Just don't up to it. You're a seat shamer. 608-321-1670. He's going to call and yell at me now. I want to share with you just a little bit of sound from Christian Yelich yesterday because Christian Yelich really speaks to an important part of this Brewers team that I think a lot of Brewers fans overlook, myself included at times. So I want to really hammer home a point that Christian Yelich made yesterday while talking with Sophia Menert after the game. First, let's take a call. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? You're damn right. I'm going to call and yell at you. <laughs> I was wondering if you're listening. <laughs> you were seat uh, shaming. You were seat was, shaming Brett and Tosa. This is gaslighting at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. I was shamed because if I am sitting in the outfield, remember this whole thing started because I was drunk at the Brewer Stadium, uh-huh. whatever the name and I wanted a hot dog. And I leave in the sixth inning. To go get a hot dog after it's been 45 minutes into the game. Maybe it was like, I don't know. It might have only been 30 minutes in the game. It was already the sixth inning. That was a joke. It was a bad joke. Nice. Um, I leave, and in the sixth inning, the hot dog stands, the pretzel stands, they're already packing up, and they're done. And Brenton Tosa hits me, in and he goes, I bought a bottle of water in the eighth. Or I don't know if he <laughs> said that. One of the people on Twitter said I'm like, yeah, where were you sitting? Behind home plate, like, and he goes, well, why don't you just walk over there? I'm like, because I do want to watch part of the game, especially when the game is two hours and four minutes. I don't want to walk all the way from the far bleacher seats out there. And so I was getting, I, I felt like I was getting seat chained a little bit because they're like, well, why don't you just sit behind home plate? It's a, it's a little <laughs> bit um like Paris Hilton wearing that tank top that says, just stop being poor. That's kind of what Brett and Tosa told you. Just stop being poor. Sit somewhere closer to home plate. You don't have to sit behind home plate, but come on, Vagabond John. We could do a little bit better than the outfield. Let's go third baseline. Come on now. Look, look, I didn't pay anything for the tickets. I was there with the boys from the Driftless Social at Mount Horror, a little company company outing. Um, Hey, Madison area folks, that town knows how to party. So the Viking out there, great staff. Go out there, just, you know, take the Uber, not bad. Don't drive back because that town knows how to get you going. Are you going to see, um, not to completely change the subject, are you going to see Barbie and or Oppenheimer this weekend? I haven't been to a movie theater in well over a year, and I think I might go. I am not. 
for the first time in a couple months, Ron Stepper Club is active. <gasps> we have a gig in the great city of Oshkosh this weekend. Oh. So we're headed there for the first time, getting to the Fox Cities. We, we're, there's a lot of excitement. The bar, like, printed out a banner and everything. They're already trying to book a second gig. So Ooh. we're excited. We got a long practice tonight, though. We're practicing pretty late. So neighbor Bob, who's about mm, probably 82 years old, who told me just try to wrap up band practice by 8 o'clock. We're testing the limits with old Bob and Connie tonight, so we'll see. But Foo Fighters, I mean, Foo Fighters take more than one take if you're a band. You can't just kind of, you can't go up there and just wing those songs. No. Those ones actually are, uh, are pretty tough. So we're we're going to go in the lab tonight, and we'll bring those ready to perform tomorrow. Next time you have a gig in Madison, Lacrosse. Eau Claire. Next time you have a gig wherever we have an affiliate, can you let me know in advance? Because we're going to do a, a show get together and we're going to come see a Ron Supper Club gig. Um, August 4th is a Friday, and we're playing not only with Ron Supper Club, but with two other awesome Madison bands, The Porch Flowers and 90 Proof. Oh. And we're playing an outdoor afternoon show at Brittingham Park. And it's gonna be it's gonna be delightful. So that would be that would be a peak show to try to get to. That sounds like a well paying gig. So here's what I'll tell you, Vagabond John, and here's what I can end on. When you get a little money from one of these gigs, save it away and you know what you should spend it on? Some better seats at the brewer game, because then maybe you'll be able to get a hot dog. Just a little advice. That's all. We did uh we did release a song today. So for those of you who are like, What the heck is this Ron Silver Club they keep talking about? Go check it out on YouTube Music or Spotify. We released a, a hard rock version of the song for those of uh, the metal fans out there, and then an acoustic uh, version for those, you know, uh, Patagonia-wearing folks out there. So. Hey, 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 hey. We're not going to sweatshirt shame now. You're already seat shaming. No sweatshirt shaming. Okay? I'm going to listen to this. We'll go to break. Is it What's it called? Let Go? Yep, Let Go. Hell yeah. If you're playing the rock one, start at about uh, a minute 40 in. I don't know which one this is. I guess we'll find out on the radio. That's mostly how I handle the show. Thank you for the call. Have a great weekend. Have a yep. good gig. See you, Grant. Vagabond John. Seat shamer, yes. Uh, that debate didn't take very long. I think this is the rock version. Let's see. What do you got, Vagabond John? Let's hear your drums. What do you got? That's not too bad. Let's dig more into this. We got one more call, and I want to take it before we go to break, and then we're going to hear a little bit from Christian Yelich. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show, 608-321-1670. Who's this? It's Brett. Brett, what's going on? Brett, you called Bill's show today. You hung up after, like, 30 seconds of waiting on hold. Yeah, I was, uh, A, he was going to commercial break, and I he, he has people on hold forever. And, B, I don't remember what I was doing. Oh, well, well. Okay. Oh, okay. I was, I was, I reached my destination for work. Oh, well, you just, you got to be a better planner. If you're going to call a sports talk radio show, you got to do it. You, you got to give yourself a window. What are you, an amateur? You've been calling my show long enough. Come on. Let's, yeah, let's be a little I bit better. You, I call you on the way to work and I only have to go from like pizza ranch to on Alaska festival. I know exactly how long that is. I was going to say, Brett, that doesn't yep. mean, but I know. Yep, I can picture that exactly. Uh, what do you think? It's Brewers? Like did, 52 seconds. You called to mention the Packers. What, do you want to plug something of your own band that just Ooh. put out a song? What are you thinking? No, no, we haven't played in a while because people got their girlfriends pregnant and stuff. Um, oh. Anyway, 
Okay. Ooh, I just got to give this old lady the finger. That's pretty nice. Um, so watch the game tomorrow because there's going to be a whole group of rowdy guys in section 101, uh, row one, oh. that will be there. Maybe with signs that uh, says Euchre's Pukers. Uh, yeah. We Section 101, that either. sounds like they're good seats. Good for you for doing what Vagabond John is, is too lazy or too cheap to do yeah. and invest in a nice spot to view a Brewer game. Hot dogs. Yeah. So I'm not even worried about that. All I want is the W. The, the problem that I have is, is I looked up Rosario and Acuna. Yeah, Acuna. Yeah, and neither of them have much dirt on them like we had for Matt Kemp years ago. Oh, for for things to yell. For I'm sure yeah. you'll come up with something. I'm sure you're well, creative. Well, Rosario, guy. if Rosario plays right, we got we got something there. We got we got plenty of stuff to yell there. The we'll seventh see. or the eighth best hitter in this Braves lineup could hit cleanup for the Brewers right now. I swear to God, this. This series is a David versus Goliath, but sometimes I like the odds taking the David, you know, Brett? Yelich will be fine hitting cleanup. Actually, no, he's he's good in the one or two slot. Well, yeah, Yelich could hit cleanup, but nobody's ever going to be on base for him. That's the problem. Nope. Well, yeah, it'll be good. It's going to be a good series. We're going to prove ourselves. We're going to be that turtle that just wears down the Braves. And we oh, are going to win big time. Good talk, Brett. Enjoy the game this weekend. Appreciate you. Yeah. See ya. When he said turtle, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, the tortoise and the hare. Uh, the turtle and the rabbit. My favorite parable. Of course. The turtle and the rabbit. That's what it's called. Yeah. Three minutes. We'll come back. Wrap up our number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm tripping over my words tonight. I don't know what it is. I don't think I'm tired. I might be tired between you and me. I might have stayed up until like one in the morning last night watching Suits. I can't quit. I can't. I can't quit. I can't. I can't quit. And I cut myself off before I was going to cut myself off because I started a third episode of the night and I watched the first five minutes and then the theme song started and I, I saw my chance like a prisoner in the cell and I just watched the guard go by and drop his keys like I saw a chance to go to bed and I grabbed the remote and I turned the TV off. I'm like, if you turn it off now, you can. Get, here's your chance. You you have the option to press skip intro, or you have the option to press the off button. I pressed the off button. I went to bed. It was still around one in the morning, so I think maybe it's a fatigue thing. I'm tripping over my words a little bit, but I'll deal. I, I can push through it. I mean, Corbin Burns threw eight shutout innings or whatever it was that ridiculous outing against the Reds. He almost passed out on the field. I can get till six o'clock. We have some audio from Christian Yelich that I want to listen to. Because I, I think he made a point to Sophia Menard after the game. Well, I was going to say last night. Yesterday, it was an afternoon game. He made a point to Sophia Menard yesterday afternoon that is a really important one. And it's a point that a lot of Brewers fans forget about. When we're talking about team construction and when we're talking about what the Brewers should maybe do with the trade deadline and what we're talking about, 
you know, could the Brewers acquire this person or what do we do with this person? We never think about defense and we need to. I was talking with Brenton Tosa about a half hour ago about this. We need to consider defense. This Brewers team is winning a lot of games three to two, two to one, one to nothing. You can't win games like that. You can't constantly walk that tightrope and walk the razor's edge of a one or two run ball game without defense that you can trust. Can trust Bryce Terang, can trust Joey Weimer. Craig Council would still not run them out there every day the way they're hitting if he didn't trust them on defense. But he does. And that's why Bryce Terang's playing every day. That's why Joey Weimer's playing every day. The Brewers cannot just stick some old slapdash in at first base who can't play the position or some slapdash at third base that can't play the position because now every once in a while you're going to be putting runners on and you're going to be giving runners a chance to score and giving offenses a chance to play their way back into games or put runs on the board against a pitcher that's very good and against an offense, a Brewers offense, that can't always keep pace. Need to be locked down on defense. That needs to be the expectation with whoever slots in at first base, with whoever slots in at third base. We don't know if it's some Brian Anderson, Andrew Monasterio platoon. That's what it is right now. Maybe the Brewers look to add a corner infielder at the deadline. Maybe they look to add two. God knows they could use one both at third and at first. But it can't, excuse me, can't be someone who's bad on defense. It just can't be. This Brewers team is not going to be able to stay afloat, and they're not going to be able to keep winning the way that we've seen the last couple of weeks if all of a sudden they got somebody at third base who can't play the position, which is why Luis Urias doesn't need to be seen nor heard the rest of the season, as far as I'm concerned. I would rather just take my lumps with Brian Anderson. It's like, well, yeah, he's probably not going to do much on offense, but if he plays a lockdown third base, at least I can count on him playing a lockdown third base, just like I can count on Bryce Terang playing a lockdown second, even if that's the only thing I can count on. I can still count on that one thing. And you got to build your team around that thing. And you got to build your strategy around that one thing. Let's take a two-minute break. Get an update from Zach Heilprin, the voice of our network. We'll come back, hear a little bit from Christian Yelich. I want to talk some NFL before the end of the show as well. Stick around. Hour two of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. center field. Back Castellanos. It is 3-0 Milwaukee. Can't do that with a bunt. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Going to hear from Christian Yelich in just a sec. Well, We're going to listen to an interview he did with Sophia. When I say we're going to hear from Christian Yelich, it makes it sound like he's joining the show. He's not. I want to play you a comment from Christian Yelich here in a minute. Take some more calls. Talk NFL as we get closer to 6 o'clock. Dan Schaefer, who is a journalist who lives in Milwaukee, he writes at his own Substack. It's called The Recombobulation Area. It's pretty good. I read his stuff sometimes. He tweeted this at 4.50. It's always the people driving the fanciest cars pulling off the most egregious Milwaukee slides, which I'm assuming is some slang for bad driving in Milwaukee. I will say, spent a lot of time in Milwaukee, spent a lot of time in Madison, spent a lot of time in lacrosse over my years. I would rather sit in traffic for 30 minutes on the Beltline in Madison 
than drive three minutes to a pick and save in Milwaukee. And it's not anti-Milwaukee. Okay, maybe. I guess it is. People drive like psychos there. And it's not, oh, big city, defensive driving, get, you know, get going or get out of the way. No, 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 it's not that. It's it's just stupid. It's people drive around like they've never driven cars before. Like Phoenix, for example. Phoenix is an example of a big city where people are getting after it. It's like we're going to get on the 60 or the 101 or the 202 or all the, if you spend time in Phoenix in the winter, maybe you go to spring training or your family that lives there, maybe you go there in the winter, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. You got to get on and you got to get going. Right, Defensive driving, heads up, when the light turns green, you go. There's no dilly-dallying. Not opposed to that. Not opposed to the to the grind of the big city driving. That's not what it is in Milwaukee. It's just people drive like... It's just people drive like psychos for no reason. I hate driving in Milwaukee. So to see people tweet about it, I'm like, I need to comment on this. I would rather sit in traffic for 30 minutes in Madison than drive three minutes through the heart of Milwaukee. Because people, it's like, oh, well, this, there was a stop sign. I just... You know, choose to not really follow it. Uh, just kind of choose to. Well, the, it was. It had just turned red. The red light had just turned red. What do you want from me? It's not like it had been red. It was. It just turned red. So I just scooted through there real quick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whatever. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can tweet me. You can DM me. You can join the show. Involve yourself in the show in whatever way. That's where you can do it. My Twitter at Wisco Grant, and you can call the show 608 321 1670 Christian Yelich to Sophia Minnert after yesterday's game when she asked him about the pitching staff and the bullpen and basically the run prevention unit and the job that that group has done for the Brewers. This was Yelich's answer. The only reason we're in the position we are right now is because of our pitching and uh, our defense. So uh, they've been huge and, you know, we need them to keep doing it, but uh, they just keep passing the baton to the next guy, whoever's out there, steps up and, and does their job. And then the next guy comes in, does their job. So hopefully in the next two and a half months here, we can keep doing that and make a run. We are only in this position, says Christian Yelich, because of our pitching and our defense. Now, I don't need to tell you about pitching. The Brewers have been a team based around their starting pitching really since 2021. When Corbin Burns got the train on the tracks, when Freddie Peralta looked really good, and he suffered injuries in 2021, but he was really good early, and then he came back. He was pretty good again. Brandon Woodruff, good throughout. Eric Lauer, at one point, looked like one of the best starters in Major League Baseball. Now, I called him yesterday. He's Rosemary Kennedy. I He just disappeared, and I guess we're just not going to say anything about it. Okay, fine. But in 2021, the starting rotation was great. That was the way that they were going to win games. They were going to ride their starting pitching. Okay, great. Last year was much of the same, and then the second half got weird because of a Josh Hader trade, and Christian Yelich has kind of tailed off the last couple of years, obviously. This year, much of the same. Riding Corbin Burns, trying to ride Freddie Peralta whenever possible. When Brandon Woodruff comes back, you're going to expect him to be good and expect him to win some games for the Brewers. This team has been based around starting pitching and relief pitching. Relief pitching go all the way back to 2018 with Josh Hader. So I don't need to tell you, and Brewers fans don't need to be lectured or reminded about pitching. I do think Brewers fans forget about defense and its importance. And I think defense can be overblown in some conversations. For example, if we're arguing about an MVP award for Christian Yelich and Javi Baez, and and I got Cubs fans telling me, well, it should be Javi because of his defense. With war and some of these advanced stats, maybe they weigh defense a little bit too heavily. For individual players... And comparing those individual players to other individual players that are also very good, 
I think defense can sometimes be a little bit overblown. For the Brewers, defense is one of their 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 pillars, their their principles. It's one of their their most important skills as a team. They don't have a lot of elite hitters. This year, they don't even have a lot of elite pitchers. They have Corbin Burns, but he's only started to be elite in the last month or so. Elite bullpen, sure, but not an elite pitching staff start to finish like we've been accustomed to the last couple of years. They don't really have an elite pitching staff, at least holistically they don't, and they certainly don't have an elite offense. They have a good enough pitching staff, they have a good enough offense, and they have a couple of guys who are tremendous defensive players, like Bryce Terang. Willie Adamas is pretty good. He's not a liability. I I don't know that Willie Adamas is this incredible defensive player. If you ask me to describe Willie Adamas, I I don't know how many things I'd bring up before I brought up his defense, but it would be quite a list of things. But he's not bad. Joey Weimer in center field, really good defender. And I think Terang and Weimer are the two best examples when talking about defense because they play every day for their defense. Bryce Terang has been as inconsistent and I think at times lost at the plate as you could expect a hitter to be and still get every day at bats. I actually think Bryce Terang could, he could use some some bunting skills. He could use some small ball skills. I hate to quote Major League, but, you know, what did, what did uh, Lou Brown tell Willie Mays Hayes? You're too fast to be hitting it up in the air. You should be hitting it on the ground and legging it out for every fly ball I see you hit. You're going to owe me 20 push-ups or whatever it is. I kind of feel the same way about Bryce Terang. Don't get up there and swing for the fence. I don't know Bryce Terang has some good pop, and, and he's hit home runs, but I want you trying to shoot balls down the line or through the gap or, or put it on the ground with runners at the corners and nobody out or, or runners on second and third or first and second, nobody out. Put the ball on the ground with a good bunt and scream down the first baseline and force the defense to react to you. I actually think Bryce Terang would be a very useful player in that small ball, bunting, slap bunt, capacity and I think too often he gets up there and swings for the fence but whatever this isn't a a referendum on Bryce Terang and his style of hitting what I'm saying is Bryce Terang plays every day despite not being a great offensive player because Craig Council knows he can count on Bryce Terang's defense and Craig Council knows that he can count on Joey Weimer's defense Monday I spent half an hour talking about how the Brewers are the adult team in the NL Central. And part of being an adult is doing more with less. Accomplishing a task or getting something done, even though you might not have enough sleep, you might not, you might be hungry, you you might only have a couple dollars in you, but you are undermanned, especially as a parent, I would imagine, all the time. Oh, the kid needs this. Kid needs to be taken to this. How do we figure it out? How How do we make it work? Right, Even if we don't have all the time necessary to get this done, even if we don't have all the money or we don't have enough food in the cupboard or whatever, you're always scrambling around making it work. Part of being an adult is doing more with less. And the Brewers are very good at this. Succeeding because of what you have, not failing because of what you don't have. The Brewers, the last couple of years, we've said, man, Spurs team isn't perfect, but you know what? They win games because that bullpen is elite. We don't say, wow, these Brewers got a great bullpen, but they can't win because their offense isn't good enough. No, no, no. It's been the inverse. The Brewers have won because of what they have. They have not lost 
because of what they don't have, at least until last year. But last year is weird with the trade deadline and a lot of weird energy, a lot of weird commentary, weird everything. Last year is a weird case study of a year. But the Brewers, more often than not, the last couple of years have succeeded because of what they have. They have not failed because of what they don't have. Craig Council is very, very good at this. To be honest, I thought Matt LaFleur was very good at this for the first three years in Green Bay. And I've talked about this before. It's probably been a couple months since I brought this up. But I want to give Matt LaFleur credit for this. And I want to believe that he actually did this. But if Matt LaFleur is the smart coach that I think we believe him to be or hope him to be, I'd like to think that Matt LaFleur got to Green Bay and looked over everything. Looked at his roster, looked at his players, looked at his coaches, thought about all the strengths and weaknesses of of the team and the organization that he was taking over. And he said, okay, what is the one thing that I have that nobody else has? What, What is my team better at than every other team in the league? What is my quarterback better at? Where is my massive advantage? Where is my unique edge that only I have? Well, I have Aaron Rodgers. He's a great quarterback. Okay, well, other teams have great quarterbacks. Right? And Aaron Rodgers, look, Aaron Rodgers has had a big quarterback advantage in most of the playoff games he's ever played. A lot of Jimmy G's, a lot of Colin Kaepernick's, old Eli Manning, uh, Kirk Cousins in Washington, um, Jared Goff with the Rams. Like he, Aaron Rodgers has often been the much better quarterback in a lot of games that he's played, especially against other good teams in the NFC and in the playoffs. So and Matt LaFleur looked at everything and said, well, I have Aaron Rodgers, but other teams have good quarterbacks too. And Aaron Rodgers is not the advantage that I think a lot of people maybe had, had come to think over the years in the playoffs. But the one advantage that Matt LaFleur had and the one advantage that Aaron Rodgers had that no one else had in the league, nobody, not even other teams with the best quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over. Ever. Ever. Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. Even he turns the ball over. Josh Allen, he turns the ball over. Matthew Stafford turns it over all the time. One of his favorite things to do. Always has been. Other good quarterbacks. But no other quarterback in the NFL secures possessions and takes care of the ball like Aaron Rodgers. So I'd like to think that Malafleur got to Green Bay and said, that's my one thing. That's my one thing. I have that. No one else has that. I'm going to build it all. I'm going to build the ship around that thing. I'm going to build the boat out of that. I'm going to I'm going to think as a coach and I'm going to call plays as a coach and I'm going to make decisions as a coach based on the idea, based on the guarantee that we're going to win the turnover battle in almost every game in which we play. And that's why the Packers never really blew anybody out. They never really ran away with games. They would win a lot of games you know, 22 to 17, they, they'd get out to a lead 21 to 10 and then they'd hold on. And it's like, why are they getting so conservative? Well, they are getting conservative, but Matt LaFleur probably knows that the only way that the other team is going to get back into this game and overcome a 14 or a 17 point deficit is if the Packers start turning the ball over. And what does Aaron Rodgers not do? He doesn't turn the ball over. So I thought for years, Matt LaFleur was very good at succeeding because of what he had not failing because of what he didn't have. There's plenty of things that Matt LaFleur didn't have the last couple of years. A competent special teams unit, a competent defensive coordinator. Now, that was by choice, but still, his defensive coordinator and his defense has been very good. Not really a defensive line, not really a number two wide receiver. But you know what he did have? He had a quarterback that never turned the ball over. And I thought he built the whole thing pretty well around that idea and around that assumption. Craig Council's very good at this as well. Craig Council this year said, well, I don't really have a elite starting rotation and I don't really have a great offense outside of maybe two guys and Yelich and Contreras 
But you know what I do have? I might have the best defensive second baseman in baseball, and I have a really good defensive center fielder. I'm going to build the boat around that. Instead of sitting around being pissed that I don't have a better offensive center fielder and a better offensive first baseman, I'm just going to think about what I do have. And what I have is a couple elite defenders. And we're going to play in a style, and I'm going to manage in a style that plays to that strength. I'm going to succeed because of what I have, not fail because of what I don't have. Craig Council, very good at this. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Cone. Cone. A, a, a post-5 o'clock call from Cone. This is bizarre. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to call in, and then the, the lovely Tim Shea gave me a call. So oh, I had to talk to him. Tim so Shea. On a Friday. How's he doing? Um, He's good. He's going up to Fond du Lac for some reason, and he wanted to kill time, so he gave his buddy Cohen a call. Tim Shea of CBS 58 in Milwaukee. Tim Shea, by the way, hung me out. Well, actually, he didn't hang me out to drive. We had uh, A.J. Biopor on the Bill Michaels show today, who works for CBS 58 and got some good quotes about the stadium funding problem in Milwaukee. Bill sent me A.J.'s number, but Bill didn't put the one in front of the 414 of the Milwaukee area code. So I'm dialing and it won't go through. And I text him. I said, what? this isn't the right number. And then he had AJ call me. And then I saw there was a one. So I, I felt a little bit like an old man. But also, I never put the one in front of the number. I just assume it's not necessary. So you didn't know the number, but you saw it started with a 414 and there wasn't a one in front of it. Grant, I'm going to put that on you. I know. I know. Uh, I guess it's it's my fault. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. on me. Yeah, we, we can't all be perfect. Tim did Tim did help me out. He got me in touch with AJ, and then I called him back on the studio line. It was fine. but So I guess thank you okay. to Tim for that, but he also gave me crap for not remembering the one, so also kind of screwed Tim. I don't know. I'm glad you got to talk to Tim. Put it that way. Yep, okay. So to get to my point, does defense <laughs> win championships in the MLB? Well, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so, no. No, because in what world are we sacrificing defense for offense? I, well, I, I have a p- pushback with you on that. I get it. It's what the roster was given to Craig Council, so he kind of has to accept it. Yeah. But I, I don't know if we can – We can. that sounds like a, such a loser mentality. Like, we are the Brewers. This is our crap roster. Oh, but, you know, defense will take it here. I don't know. That's just me, though. I know, no, 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 no. I know what you're saying. The, the thing that I'm not – saying cone and and i'm not taking this conversation to its ultimate conclusion which is what does it mean for the actual playoffs and the brewers chances to contend and i don't think they have a great chance to contend in the playoffs and and knock off the braves or knock off anybody i i I don't think that their roster is good enough and their offense isn't good enough they don't have enough threats but this is the roster that they have for one reason or another this is the route they direct you know decided to go and I think council and the players that are forced to play in the roles that they're forced to play every day have done a good job with the hand that they've been dealt. Put it that way. Okay. I, I like that. And I think, you know, Craig is an expert poker player. You know, maybe if he retires and steps away from managing, we see him on the World Series of Poker. Still on Valley Sports Wisconsin. How sick would that be? The Brewer game ends and then the World Series of Poker comes on and there's our guy. You see Craig playing along from with Phil Helmuth and they're they're cussing at each other and Oh man, I could I could see it now. Do you ever watch World Series of Poker? Oh yeah. Didn't Phil Hellmuth just pass away? I don't think so, did he? Who's the guy? Oh, was it Doyle Brunt? Who's the other one? I thought a big time poker player just passed away. Was it Doyle Brunson? Did Doyle Brunson die? I'm not that big of a fan. It was more on when I fell asleep during the Brewer game and then you'd wake up in a cold sweat <laughs> at two AM. Yeah. 
That's our the, the World Series of Poker is our George Lopez show and that we fall asleep and we wake up and that's what's on in the middle of the night. That or Do North Outdoors. That Do North Outdoors, you got to give those guys credit. They go out there and they, you know, they film and they ball out and that's the content. Is it's there simple, but they, is, they execute it well. Is there a room for a Do North Outdoors breakdown segment every week on the Wisco Sports Show? Uh Maybe, maybe it's a slow week, but that's going to have to be a next season kind of thing because right. you're going to approach Packer season here pretty quick, and I, I, I don't know. Well, maybe if the show goes to three or four hours and I need to fill more time, then maybe we'll start breaking down episodes of Do North Outdoors. We could have them on. It'd be kind of funny. No other show's doing that. Then, then it's not really a Wisconsin sports show. Then we're just talking about content from Bally Sports Wisconsin, which is also kind of fun, but I don't know who would care. Yeah, and, you know, who knows if the new owners that take over for Bally are going to be, you know, allowing that programming on. You never know. Yeah, the outdoorsy type. Maybe they're not the outdoorsy type. That's a good point. You got plans for the weekend, Cone? It's only a million degrees in your neck of the woods this weekend. Yeah, got got a couple plans. Seeing a buddy tomorrow and then got a date on Sunday. So, you know, Tim Shea was giving me a little crap about having a Sunday date. But, you know, I think it's it's a nice way to end the week. That is nice. You know, you can be businesslike on a Sunday. I think a date on a Friday or a Saturday night, it kind of leaves, and you tell me I'm not active in the dating scene, but if you have a date on a Friday or a Saturday night, there's this, thank you, there's this very open-ended idea. Well, if the date goes well, you know, what's the expectation for the rest of the night into the next day? Sunday, it's kind of cut and dry. We're going to get together, we're going to do something, then we're going to go our separate ways and and get back to the old salt line Monday morning at 8 a.m. You know, I kind of like that. Yep, amen, cut and dry. That's that's what the girls call me. Cut and dry cone. Appreciate the call, cone roller. Thank you. Yep. Fins up, Grant. Have a great weekend. Fins up you as well. That was weird. Cone roller after five o'clock is a little bit like seeing your elementary school teacher at the grocery store. Let's take one more call before we go to break. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? You got Lawyer Dean here. How's it doing? Lawyer Dean. I'm doing yeah, well. I'll be I'll be I'll be lawyer Dean until you're done with suits. Let me know when that's done, okay? Well, there was one senior partner who just tried to leave the firm. and, and yeah, I'll, that... I'll be a reality check. Every time I call in, I'll be a reality check. For oh, okay. Well, tell me this. If a senior partner comes to the managing partner and says, I would like to leave the firm, I need you to waive my non-compete, would the managing partner waive said non-compete or no? Is, is that realistic or not? Non-competes don't apply to lawyers. They're unethical. Really? So they don't even oh, exist? Yeah. Well, they exist. They're unenforceable, so good luck. How are they unenforceable? It's just the rule. Those lawyers make the rules, and it's the state bar, so lawyers make rules different for themselves. I suppose. I suppose that's true. Well, that's what <laughs> happened in Suits last night. I'm going to keep running these things by you because I'm curious. Yeah. Well, most of the politicians are lawyers, too, so go figure that. Uh, <sighs> but I was going to say, no, th- this would have seemed far-fetched two years ago, but I've got a hypothetical. Is it more likely that... Corbin Burns gets extended or more likely that he gets traded before the deadline between those two options. Extended or traded? I'd put both at so close to 0%. I don't see a world in which there's trade. It's not, neither is going to happen. I don't think I can answer that. If I had said that same hypothetical about Josh Hader this time last week, you might've had the same response though, right? Here's the thing. 
there, as dumb as the hater trade was, and it was dumb, and I will never go back and change. Well, they ended up with William Contreras. Yeah, but that's a separate trade. I'm not still not excusing the hater trade. But there were breadcrumbs about the hater trade. Like Ken Rosenthal was dropping, and the Brewers might be taking calls. We saw those reports, and we're like, this is dumb. I hope this isn't true. But there were whispers. There's been nothing on Burns. There's been the opposite of whispers. There's I've, been Matt Arnold I've, saying I've we won't a, do it. I've got a loaf of crumb for you. Okay. Uh, what about that arbitration? The arbitration unsettling that may have impacted his performance at the start of the season. I think that he's got some uh, bitter vibes going there. So he's he's obviously come around now, and I don't know if it's cause and effect, but you know that probably wasn't really good for his mental state. And he's definitely a what's the word? He's not punching walls like Devin Williams, but he's definitely impacted by his emotions. So. Yeah. Well, and I suppose that happens at a law firm, too. If you're gunning for a promotion, you can't take that into court with you. Right, Lawyer Dean? You just can't. You got to leave it uh, at home. You know, it, it does sometimes come home with you, but you just got to <laughs> find a way to let it go. But What, I can't I, make I, lawyer I analogies? Corbin, Is that out of bounds? I, think, I can't make a lawyer analogy? No, no, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting I agree, but uh, you can't bring it home with you or it, or it eats you up. But uh, I, I do think Corbin has that arbitration issue in the back of his mind, and I don't know how much he's expressed about it, but we're, we were kind of a, petering in a similar spot with Josh Hader last year is my only thing here. Similar, yes, but but not similar enough. I guess I would have to say it's more likely they trade him if everyone on the team gets hurt and they decide to massively change up their strategy, but I don't see it at all. Hey, have a great weekend. I'm going to watch so much Suits this weekend. We'll have so much to talk about next week. Just think about me. Yeah. I will. Lawyer Dean. Appreciate you. And if I ever am in need of legal representation, you're going to be the first person I call. Actually, I don't really know what you lo- what you lawyer, what you litigate. So you'll be my first call. I, you know, I'm not going to guarantee hiring you or anything. We will cross that bridge when we come to it. Hopefully never. Three minutes. We're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Fins up. It's Friday. Listen to some Buffett before six o'clock. I have an Aaron Rodgers clip that I want to play. Not because I'm obsessed with Aaron Rodgers. I did watch his press conference yesterday, mostly because I didn't have anything better to do yesterday afternoon, at least once the Brewer game ended. He made a comment that I thought was kind of interesting, made me laugh. And I think we can use that comment as a jumping off point to have a bigger discussion about something that happens in the NFL. Because I'm just struggling to come up with NFL topics right now. Maybe it's because this offseason didn't see Russell Wilson change teams. Although Aaron Rodgers did change teams. So it's not like you can't say a big name didn't switch teams this offseason. I I don't know. The gap from the NFL draft to now feels longer and wider and more boring than ever before. I'm very excited for this Packers season. I'm as interested and as excited for a Packers season as I've been in a long time. But that doesn't mean I have endless takes about it. I kind of need to start to see it. I need something to react to. I can only say so much about this Packers team before I see Jordan Love play and can affirmatively know that he's not awful. And I don't know that he's not awful yet. 608-3-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Ed. Ed, what's going on? I'm good. Watch your trigger finger tonight. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? 
you hung up on me last night. Oh, oh, yeah. I will. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm fighting with I'm fighting with people about Milwaukee on Twitter right now. My um. Oh, my God. I'll stop that joke fighting before it ever what gets created. What are we fighting about? We're in first place, man. Oh, I, not <laughs> about the Brewers, about Milwaukee itself. I, I was going to make a joke, and then I I, oh. I hit the brakes and turned around. Something that Milwaukee drivers should do more of because they're awful. What do you got going on, Ed? Well, um, I wanted to just chime in on two parts, one Brewers, one Packers. Um, I'm, I would probably uh, classify or categorize my excitement as more – I'm excited. Anytime football starts back up, you got to be excited. Yeah. But I'm intrigued. I'm more intrigued this year because I feel like there's more storylines that we're probably going to get to maybe hear about that we probably have got have not gotten to hear about because one guy, number 12, former number 12, kind of took the oxygen out of the team sometimes. And I really feel I think their defense should be something we should really focus on. And I don't know why some people have been, I've been hearing around the airwaves around here that their defense just cannot be that good because of their coordinator. Did they kind of draft kind of quite heavily on defense again this year? Yeah, and, and well, here's the thing, Ed. They've drafted on defense first-round picks every year. And every year yeah. we've been like, this, this is the year of the defense finally. And it never is. So I'm just done hyping up the defense until I actually yeah. get into the season and see something is different because it's been a, a lot of years and it's never been different. Well, there is a maturation um, process with defense. When you first come in first year, I don't know if you're really anyone really. I think maybe a former linebacker of Wisconsin Badgers that plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he might be one of those um, guys that came in and both the brothers, the Watt brothers, are sort of the they're they are the difference of the norm. Um, they all, they came in big, made a big splash, but that doesn't always happen. I kind of think the guy that Packers drafted that had kind of a head case issue last year. It shows major amounts of potential. He just needs to grow up more and become uh, so he doesn't get kicked out of a game a couple yeah. times a year. Um, maybe he could be the guy that could be somewhat um, the diamond in the rough, so to speak. Sure. I'm really high on him. I'm with you on Quay Walker, and I'm I'm with you on Quay Walker, and that he has a head issue. His issue is that he doesn't use it. That's his problem. Exactly. Yes, I, I'm. So I'm more intrigued. I want to see more storylines, and I'm not so pro defense myself. I want to see how this new kicker is going to do. I want to oh, see, hear more about him. I want to hear more about obviously this backup quarterback that's going to be coming and played for USFL. He's intriguing. I mean, he, he obviously has some talent. He took a team to the championship. He was uh, not in the first round, first stri- um, string quarterback. Um, he was a second string, and he took them to the championship run game. And I don't know. If, I think they won, if I recall. Um, so I, I'm intrigued, and that's all I can say about the pack. The Brewers. Um, before I last night, before we had a little snafu, as I was saying, I think our catchers are the two best catchers in the in the in majors. Uh, I don't know if anyone else can actually help that. Um, and I really think um, I'm hopeful that the Brewers are going to get one more bat in that lineup that's going to make a difference because I heard, remember hearing you say if Yelich goes down with his app, if he kind of hits a lull and then Contreras hits a lull, who's going to pick up the slap? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, Joey Weimer needed a day off yesterday. I still think he's a stud hitter. He just, I think he's been playing how many games in a row, and he's so young. 
he needs to learn how to lay off those curveballs. Obviously, he looks kind of foolish when he's up there at times, but I still like him. I think he's still a stud. Um, I just need one more guy, and I think we all – I'm stating the obvious here, obviously. I mean, everyone knows it, but so yeah. does the other teams that are pitching to us. Well, that's <laughs> the problem with the Brewers is they have such a thin margin for error. If Yelich doesn't start – or if Yelich doesn't keep hitting like this, they're going to be in trouble. If Burns doesn't keep pitching like this, they're going to be in trouble. Right. If all of a sudden Owen Miller gets hurt, they literally don't have a first base like they They just have a thin margin for error everywhere on the field. And that's why they're the Brewers. That's how small market teams have to get by year to year. Ed, I got to take you a break. Okay, um, bro. Have take an care. awesome weekend. I'm sorry for cutting you off yesterday, Ed. I really am. No, that's all good, man. We got next week. All right. We got next week. Sorry, I fat fingered the phone and cut you off yesterday. One more call before we take a break. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Yeah, uh, when I called, I dialed a one first, and then the area code, and then the number. Hi, Grant. It's Tim. Hi, Jimmy. Tim. I never Hi, use. Tim. I never put the one in front of the area code. Ever. Yeah, you're you're just you're a boomer. Um, <sighs> what is wrong with Milwaukee drivers? Oh, t- Tim, do you want to talk about this? Because because we come, you know, we come over to the western side of the state. And it's, you know, well, okay, everyone go 65 no. here. No, 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 yes. no, 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 yes, no, 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 no. Yes. I have no problem, no problem with people moving with a purpose. None. In fact, I prefer it. It gets me from point A to point B faster. I have seen Milwaukee drivers do the most out-of-pocket things. Every time I'm in that town, I'm like, oh, I guess that's just how it works here. Like, oh, that's not a turn lane. Oh, there you go. Oh, the light is red. Oh, you know, go ahead. Yeah, go. You just go right through there. Yeah. Oh, it's a 25. Well, there you go. You're going 50. Yeah, it's just out-of-pocket stuff. Like, I got to drive around with my head on a swivel. And again, I'll go five over the speed limit. I can speed, okay? I can drive fast, Tim. That's not what it's about. I'm not a... An old woman driving home from church on Sunday. That's not how I drive. Whoa, it's just, whoa, whoa, it's, hold on there now. It's, you're all maniacs. And the roads are designed by a bunch of maniacs. I, I would rather drive. I tweeted this. I'll, I'll say it out loud again. I'll put my name on this. I would rather sit in traffic in Madison or anywhere else in the state for 30 minutes before I drive three minutes to pick and save in that town of yours, Milwaukee. And I like Milwaukee. Just, I just don't like driving you, there. You just can't handle the big city. No, right, that's, no that's not it. That's not yeah. it. Hey, we're in a hurry. Place, Where right? are you going? Stop. We got stuff to do. You're going to work. You're going to the store. You're doing the same stuff the rest of us do. You're just driving like a maniac on your way. All right. Well, you just stay over on that side of the state, and I'll stay over here, and we'll be good. Tim, you're coming to some Badger games this fall, right? I will be. That's yeah. exciting. I'm sure I'll see you around. I'll buy you a beer. Look forward to it. I will take you up on that. Well, thank you, Tim. Nice to call. Call back sometime. I didn't expect hey, this. This is the first time I've ever called. So, do, do you play like some special song for me or anything? Or no? No, nothing like that. Uh, I no. Uh, Sorry. We we need to build a rapport, and then and then we find out what our special thing is as a caller host relationship. This is just our first call. I you know I'm I'm gonna kiss you and leave you at the doorstep. I'm not gonna come up to your apartment for coffee. This is the first uh, time we've done this. Big tease you. Well, well, All right, Grant. Have a good weekend. Fins up, I guess. Is that what we say around here? It is. Thank you, bye. Tim. You bye. That is Tim in Milwaukee. Uh, Cohen Rollers friend. Appreciate that, Tim. Let's take a break. Five minutes. We'll come back. Continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Bisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Fins up. It's Friday. Tim gets it. First time caller from Milwaukee. Appreciate Tim. Tim, you, you don't get a special song or a special bid on your first call. That is earned. For example, LaCroix Butler has earned his stripes over the years as a caller. An infrequent caller, but a caller nonetheless. We got to do buy or sell yesterday. Tim, you think on your first day you're just going to waltz in here, get a song, play buy or sell, have a catchphrase? Come on. Although, <laughs> Tim should get a catchphrase. I'd get a kick out of that. 608 321 Aaron Rodgers spoke to the media yesterday, and I don't want to play this clip because... I'm infinitely interested in what Aaron Rodgers is doing in New York, although I am interested. He used to play for our team. Now he's on a different team. It's like when Russell Wilson went to the Broncos. That's interesting. Now, in in that instance, I was very interested in seeing him fail uh, because I think he's quite overrated, and I don't particularly like him, at least the public image that he displays of himself. Maybe if I met him, I'd feel differently. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about the way he handled things last year in Green Bay, especially with some of the younger wide receivers and the progress that he's made over the years. Listen, I've, uh, I feel like I've grown a lot over the years. Now, some of that is the well-documented plant medicine journey that I've talked about, but uh, the other is perspective. As you get older, uh, you see things a little bit clearer, I think. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Try and rectify some of the... Uh, things that you did a certain way that you feel like could have done better. So this is really quiet. I don't want to belabor it, but talking about the progress that he's made and plant medicine journeys, obviously help you make progress, help a man change. A man changes when he does plant medicine or, you know, at least that's what Rogers said. And lots of people say that. So I, I buy into that. Just don't know if I have the stomach literally or figuratively to take plant medicine journeys. Rogers talking about, you know, maybe he was a little impatient with the wide receivers last year and, and going about this year just a little bit differently. I honestly don't know that I blame Aaron Rodgers for getting impatient with the wide receivers last year because he probably figured it was his last year with the Packers. They maybe wanted to move on, but they couldn't yet because he just won MVP. And they want him to hang around as a lame duck quarterback. And he wants to spend or they want him to spend his last year as a lame duck quarterback with the Green Bay Packers holding the hands of... 21, 22-year-olds, I could see why that would frustrate him and why this year would be different because he is new. He is is young in, in I guess, spirit with the Jets because he's brand new there. Everything's new. Everything's exciting. I could see why maybe he'd be more excited to work with young wide receivers this year than he was last year. Last year was just such a clown car year. Maybe the Packers should have done things differently last year. I don't know if they were going to keep Rodgers around, go more all in or just traded Rodgers before the year last year. It was quite predictable the way that it was going to go with young wide receivers and honestly quite predictable the way the defense was going to go with Joe Barry. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is uh, Vinny in Verona. Vinny in Verona. What's going on, Vinny? Welcome. How's it going? Hey, um, so I listen uh quite frequently and um i i know what you're talking about you're kind of sick about talking about the packers when you don't know what we have yet yeah um but on the uh speculation side something i haven't hear i haven't heard a lot about and maybe i just tune in at the wrong times on the wrong shows and i know it's been mentioned before but maybe you could dive into it or maybe it would uh extend your conversation fodder um but just i'm interested to know like that he fell in a draft with like 
such unbelievable talent, right? I mean, isn't Justin Herbert and uh, Jalen uh, Hurts and Joe Burrow and am, am I missing? There's like four phenomenal quarterbacks, and he was taken right in the middle of those four quarterbacks. I thought, right? Jordan right? Love, you, Jordan Love, you mean? Yeah. Well, Jordan Love went at the. He was the last one of them taken, but he was in the first round along with. I mean, shoot, who else was in that draft? Burrow, yes. Herbert, yes. Fields. I, think, I thought Hurts. Uh, yeah, Hurts. Hurts was the second round of that draft. He went before Hurts. Yeah, yeah that was the so, 2020 draft. I mean, pull it up. you know, you, there's been worse, um, you know, results in the past. But I mean, that that kind of it kind of gives me hope a little bit, right? That they must have seen like they can't be that far off if you know there was a couple of guys that fell after him that are like pretty much pro bowlers in the NFL. And he came, you know, at the end of, like you said, at the end of some of those other guys that are really good talent, but I don't know that it, I don't know if it's any conversation fodder. It's more speculation, but it's just something I thought I don't hear much about and people talk about, but maybe just because, you know, again, goes back to the fact that we just don't know what we have. We talk about Jordan love. Like he's in his own bucket, his own conversation, right? Like he's got no contemporaries. Cause he's been sitting for three years. No, Jordan loves contemporaries are like you said, Vinny, Joe Burrow, who went first overall that year, Tua, who went fifth, Herbert, who went sixth, and then Jalen Hurts went in the second round. He went pick number 53. He is in the mix with those guys, and he's had to sit idly by and watch Joe Burrow take a team to the Super Bowl, and Jalen Hurts, same thing, and Justin Herbert made the playoffs, and and Tua was very successful when he's healthy, and he's had to watch that. That's got to be frustrating, and I'm sure he's just chomping at the bit to get going this fall. And, and I just, um, that's what I think, like, I, could our, you know, talent scouts or whoever be that far off to be like, oh, we're going to take this guy who's in the same, you know, order. They must know, you know, body size, metrics, you know, speed, all of the different things like that. Like, you know, they're just going to pick love at the end of the line of those guys and just be like, if, if he turns out to be a bust, then I guess maybe that might speak to, you know, um, who's evaluating talent or whatnot. But, um, I, I mean, that just keeps me hopeful. And uh, that's, that's all I had. I just wanted to, you know, I, I don't hear that oh, talked yeah. about, that angle talked about too much, and I didn't. I don't know how far it can go, but that's, that's all I had. I appreciate you, Vinny. We can talk about that for the next 10 minutes. Have a good weekend. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Thanks, you too. Bye. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I didn't really have anything planned for these last 10 minutes. We do not very often think about Jordan Love as a contemporary and as a peer of Joe Burrow. And Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. But those are the guys in his draft. Those are his contemporaries, his colleagues, right? Look at it that way. His colleagues, his colleagues. They've just been playing for the last couple of years. And I don't know. Let's use legal. Let's see. Yeah, let's get another legal uh, uh, analogy. Herbert and Burrow and Tua, they're all uh, they're all associates at the firm. Jordan, Jordan loves paralegal. It's been waiting to pass the LSAT so we can, you know, jump up and join the big boys, start litigating things, start suing people for this and that. And this fall, he's finally going to have a chance. Jalen Hurts is a really interesting comp for Jordan Love. They're a very interesting pair to compare because I think the Eagles took Jalen Hurts thinking, well, at the very least, he's a good backup in case Carson Wentz gets hurt. Carson Wentz has been known to get hurt. And at the, the very best, the best case scenario is we actually find something in this guy and he develops into a star and we only paid a second round pick for him. And it turned out best case scenario. Now the Packers took Jordan Love in the first round and some would say that Jordan Love pissed off Aaron Rodgers and, and eventually pushed him out of Green Bay. I would say that Aaron Rodgers allowed himself to be pissed off 
and Aaron Rodgers made it a problem, and that is not the problem of the Packers or of Jordan Love. That's an Aaron Rodgers problem. But I get how you would say, well, Jordan Love was, you know, just the 28th overall pick or whatever, but it also pissed off your quarterback. Okay, I get it. But there have been plenty of players taken in that neighborhood of the first round that have sucked. Like, Demarius Randall was not good. And uh, Haha Clinton Dix, I guess, was fine, but didn't really turn into much. Darnell Savage won 24th. He won a couple picks earlier. I think it was 24. Maybe they traded up 22, 21, somewhere in there. And he hasn't been good. At the end of the day, Jordan Love is just another player that the Packers selected at the end of the first round. And there's a lot of variance with players selected at the end of the first round. And I know there's a lot of Packers fans who are like, if Jordan Love isn't great this year, the head's got to roll. Like, but we don't do that for... If, if Brian Gutekinds was to take Eric Stokes... If Eric Stokes doesn't light it up this year, head's got to roll. No, just because he's a quarterback, there's even more variance at the quarterback position. The Eagles took Jalen Hurts basically on a flyer. And if Jalen Hurts wouldn't have worked out, they would have done the same thing the next year or the year after or the year after. And that's what the Packers are going to have to do too. If Jordan Love doesn't work out and he's not good, well, then you got to take another one. There's no time to wallow and say, oh my God, they had this whole plan. Yeah, they did and it didn't work out. What are you going to do? Take another one, try it again. It's the NFL draft is about. That's how the NFL works. And you can quickly rebound from a mistake. You can quickly rebound from missing on a player to then attacking the same position and coming back and getting the right player. Look at what the Eagles did. They drafted Jalen Rager. Didn't work out. Okay, shoot. Well, we're still going to keep drafting wide receivers. We're going to get Devontae Smith. Now we're going to trade for A.J. Brown. Just because we missed on one guy doesn't mean we're done drafting him. It's not how that works. Need quarterbacks. Need wide receivers. Oh, you miss on one. Okay, well, be bummed about it and move on. Try again. Try to get the next guy, the next guy, the next guy down the line. Three minutes, we'll come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show for the week. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills just about to say goodbye for the weekend fins up it's friday enjoy some buffett tonight weather's beautiful brewers lineup is out it came out at 412 i missed it yelich Contreras, adamas good to have our cleanup hitter back jesse winker uh in the dh and hitting fourth for some god dang reason Andrew Monasterio, Bryce Terang, Blake Perkins, Joey Weimer. Why is Winker hitting? Why? 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 I'd rather have Monasterio there. I'd rather have Perkins, Terang, put any, literally anyone else there. Anyone else. Four spot. The guy who hasn't hit a double or a home run in, I don't know. I, I just looked at my watch. First of all, I'm not wearing a watch. Second of all, if I had a watch on, it's not like it's going to tell me the last time Jesse Winker had an extra base hit. That was my first reaction. He doesn't have an extra base hit or a home run since, I don't know, look at my imaginary watch. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. So I'm sure that'll go well tonight. I'm sure tonight will be the night that Jesse Winker breaks out of the slump he's been in. And by slump, I mean he's just not very good or hasn't been good this year. Maybe he could turn it around. Any time now would be great if that turnaround's coming, you know, July 21st. Typically, this is part of the year where, you know, we got to start getting it going. Piss or get off the pot there, Jesse. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I'm now going to be tweeting very toxically during the game tonight. 
It's one thing if the Brewers put out their best lineup and lose. All right, it's fine. Braves are really good. This is not their best lineup because it includes Jesse Winker in the four spot. So, so I'm going to be toxic, I think. And if you'd like to be toxic on Twitter with me, you can find me at Wisco Grant. Brewers Braves this week, and I feel like this is going to be a uh, a very telling series. If the Brewers get ran in all three games, eh, a little reality check. If they hang tough and lose a couple close games, that's fine. If they win two of three, Brett and Tosa was saying this is an NLCS preview. You imagine that? I, I can't fathom it going a lot differently than it went a couple of years ago in 2021 in the DS, but. I don't know. Raise the stakes. NLCS maybe be a little better for our brewers. I don't know. Have a great weekend. Listen to some Jimmy Buffett. It's good for you. I'll be back on Monday at 4. Talk to you then. I blew out my flip-flop. Stepped on a pop-top. And I got my heel. Had to cruise on back home. Yep, on the belt line.